नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञानतिमीराधस्ञाजनशलाकया चक्षुर्मील तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित यूतले स्वयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददाति स्वदाकिचारणकनिपुण धर्म संस्थापको लोकानितिभुवने मनो शरण्याकोधाकृष्णपदारविंद भजना नंदे नमतालिको वंदे सनातनो रघुजुग श्रीजीवगोपालको वंदे सनातनो रघुजुग श्रीजीवगोपालको वंदेह श्रीगुरो श्री युतपदकमल श्रीगुरूवैष्णवाश्चीप सागृजात सह गणरघुनाथाजीव साइत सवधूत पिजन सहित कृष्णचैतन्यदेवराधाकृष्णपाद सह गणलिता श्री विशाखान्ता हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाधाकमस्तुते तत्कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरे प्रिये वाछाकुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिताभ्यो वैष्णवभ्यो नमो नमः नमो विष्णुपादा कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदात स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद 
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे थैंक यू वेरी मच सो टुडे वी सैंग वन एक्स्ट्रा श्लोकम व्हिच इज फ्रॉम द षट गोस्वामी अष्टकम बिकॉज दिस इज द कॉन्ट्रीब्यूशन ऑफ श्री रूप गोस्वामी सो वेलकम टू टुडेज टॉपिक व्हिच इज नेक्टर ऑफ इंस्ट्रक्शन श्री उपदेशामृता वर्स वन सो श्री उपदेशामृतम इज द एक्चुअल टाइटल ऑफ दिस बुक इन संस्कृत इट इज अ वेरी वेरी स्मॉल बुक द स्मॉलेस्ट बुक बाय श्री रूप गोस्वामी और बाय एनी ऑफ द आचार्यस एंड ओनली इलेवन वर्सेस इन दिस but they embody all the instructions that are necessary for a devotee to advance in krishna consciousness so upadesha upadesha means um advice or instruction and amrita means nectar shri upadesha amrita the nectar of instruction so this is shri prabhupad's translation of this text so we will chant the verse first so please keep in mind i will chant as if i can hear you repeating of course i can't but i will act like i am and you please repeat so the whole idea is to try to learn these verses all these 11 verses must be in the memory by the time we finish this by in memory only 11 verses <laughs> okay let's try vacho vegam please repeat वाचो वेगम मनस क्रोध वेगम जिह्वागम उदरोपस्थ वेगम एकगाषेतधीर सर्वामी म पृथ्वी सशिष्यात्चो वेगम मनस क्रोध वेगम जिह्वागम उदरोपस्थ वेगम एकगाषेतधीर सर्वामी म पृथ्वी सशिष्यात्चुअली ट्राई टू अंडरस्टैंड वर्ड टू वर्ड मीनिंग एंड अगेन वी विल चैंड दर्स ओके वाच ऑफ स्पीच वेगम अर्ज मनस ऑफ द माइंड क्रोध ऑफ एंगर वेगम अर्ज so now we have read the first line what it means so vacha is speech vegam urge manasah mind krodha anger vegam again urge vacho vegam manasah krodha vegam and actually this is different vacho vegam manasah krodha vegam vacho vegam manasah krodha vegam जिह्वागम उदरोपस्थ वेगम 
so vegam is the most common word in this whole uh, verse so jihva vegam udara upastha vegam so what are the jihva jihva means of the tongue vegam urge udara upastha of the belly and the genitals udara means the belly upastha means the genitals vegam urge so these are the six urges vacha manasa krodha jihva udara upastha वाचो वेगम मनसह क्रोध वेगम जिह्वा वेगम उदरोपस्थ वेगम एतान्वेगान्यो विषहेत धीरह सर्वाम पीमाम प्रथिवीम सशिश्यात So एतान, एतान, these, वेगान, वेगान, urges So वेगान is plural, वेगम is singular this is plural vegan yah whoever vishaheta can tolerate dhirah sober sarvam all api certainly imam this prithvim world sah that personality shishyat can make disciples shishya means disciple shishyat means from whom they can come disciples. Vacho vegam manasahakrodha vegam. Please repeat. Jihva vegam udaro pastha vegam. Etan vegan yo vishahetadhiraha. Sarvam apimam prithivim sashishyat. So we will chant one more time. Vacho vegam manasahakrodha vegam. Jihva vegam udaro pastha vegam. Etan veganyo vishaheta dhiraha. Sarvam apimam prithivim sashishyat. So now, what is the meaning? One second. Translation. A sober person who can tolerate the urge to speak, the mind's demands, the actions of anger and the urges of the tongue, belly and genitals is qualified to make disciples all over the world. So, a, tr- a sober person who can tolerate the urge to speak, the mind's demands, the actions of anger and the urges of the tongue, belly and genitals is qualified to make disciples all over the world. So, when we try to understand this verse, Vegam, Vegam means actually speed. You know, in Tamil also it's a Vegama, means uh, fast. So, in uh, Telugu also same, I think in Hindi also is the same. So, Vegam means speed. So, why is it mentioned here, urge? So, speed, we want to quickly do these things. When they, when the senses offer us these pleasures, vacha, of speech, when there is an opportunity to talk, immediately we want to open our mouth and talk, chit-chat. So, this is quickly we want to react to it quickly so that reaction 
um, or the urge, you know, that we urgent. Why, why does we say why? Why do we say urgent? Urgent means immediately I want to do. So that is urge. So there is an urge. There is a like if 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 my tongue says okay, let's eat in the restaurant. I treat it as if it's urgent. Yes, yes, I really want to eat there. So I just answer to the tongue's demand. So these are vegam. We want to satisfy them quickly. So that's why they are called urges. So these things, these six things that are mentioned here, of speech, mind, anger, tongue, uh, belly, and the genitals. Six. So the more these are uh, answered, the more these are uh, chased, the more it is uh, detrimental. Tamodvaram, the the path of hellish life is wide open. The more we tolerate this, then we become dhira. Dhira means a sober person who is actually very strong. Hero. Hero. Dhira also means hero. So, hero is one who can control his senses. He is called Goswami. So, now let us go to the purport. So, translation purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Purport. In Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 6, Chapter 1, Texts 9 and 10, Parishit Maharaj placed a number of intelligent questions before Shukadeva Goswami. See how Prabhupada is explaining in the purport. He is going to an to a incident where the atonement is um, discussed and how atonement is even futile, cannot stop the urge of sinful activity. So, we will understand as we go on. So, Parishad Maharaj placed a number of intelligent questions before Shukadeva Goswami. One of these questions was, why do people undergo atonement if they cannot control their senses? For instance, a thief may know perfectly well that he may be arrested for his stealing and he may actually even see a thief arrested by the police. Yet, he continues to steal. Experience is gathered by hearing and seeing. One who is less intelligent gathers experience by seeing and one who is more intelligent gathers experience by hearing. Important thing. This actually kind of is kind of counterintuitive, right? Our modern science, they teach the exact opposite. Don't believe on hearsay. Uh, you see it for yourself. Seeing is believing. But here it is said the opposite. One who is less intelligent gathers experience by seeing and one who is more intelligent gathers experience by hearing. Why? Okay. So, hearsay is one thing. We should not, um, I mean, you know, hear from every damn source. So, it has to be a proper source. When the source is proper, the hearing is far more effective than seeing. For example, Let's take this uh, COVID-19 experience. Now, when we hear in the news or when we read, read and hearing is basically the same thing. So, we are not seeing it. We are uh, receiving the information. Now, there is so much fake information also is going on. Now, there are some authorized channels like news channels which are supposed to disseminate correct information. So, when we see, okay, United States have so many cases. India has so many cases, Singapore has so many cases. So, we are not seeing, we are not, we are not seeing all the dead people, but we are having in immediate information at our fingertips, just because we hear. That's just a material example. Or if now I am in Singapore, if I want to know what is happening in 
say Australia or India or America, if I hear the news or if I hear maybe some of maybe a friend who, who tells his experience, I can immediately know of that incident just by hearing. So his hearing is actually far more, uh, it's, it's a much far reaching method than seeing. And especially when it comes from an authorized source and in spiritual um, uh, circles, in spiritual realm, seeing is actually considered the worst because our senses are defective. We have four problems, defects as conditioned souls. Brahma, Pramada, Vipralipsa, Karanapatav. So that means, Brahma means tendency to commit mistakes. Uh, then Pramada. We commit illusion. We are, we are prone to illusion. So, we can take one thing for another. And then, uh, Vipralipsa, cheating propensity. And Karana part of imperfect senses. So, these four things, especially imperfect senses, like for example, if we see the sun, we see it as a small bright spot in the sky. But, that is what the, the eyes tell us. But when we actually read in the textbook that actually the sun is very far and it's many, many millions of times bigger than the earth, oh, then we understand. So, we are actually not seeing the sun by seeing. Although we are seeing, we don't understand by seeing it. See? But when we hear from the textbook, oh, this is the actual fact. We have not gone to the sun and take, take a what is that, measurement tape and measured all the distance to the sun. We did not. But we are hearing from a textbook, uh, some science book, and then we are okay gathering the information from that. So this is uh, getting knowledge from hearing. How do we know about our history? How do we know Mahatma Gandhi existed or um, Hitler existed or you know uh, who Shakespeare existed? Or take for the Puranas, um, Krishna, Ram, Yudhishthira Maharaj, Pandavas, all this. How, when, how they, did they exist or not? We cannot see anything in history, right? We can't even, you know, know our father, how he came. We have to everything accept on fact, uh, on hearing. So, this hearing is actually very important. And especially when it comes from the spiritual stratum, that becomes Shabda Brahma. So, there are many ways to acquire knowledge. Um, what is that? Aindriya by the sensory perception. Then there is Anumana, Pratyaksha, it is also called Pratyaksha. Pratyaksha means by practically seeing it with our own eyes, with our senses, perceiving it. That is Pratyaksha. So, the people think seeing is believing. You, you can't believe that the sun is so big. So, how can you say seeing is believing? So, in some cases, maybe but as we go more and more subtle things, especially spiritual life, we can never understand by seeing. What is that? Atha Sri Krishna Namade na bhavet grahyam indriyai. With these senses, we can never understand Krishna. So the best way, then you may say, then this ear is also sense, hearing is also through senses. So how can we understand Krishna like that? So yes, correct. So any sound that is vibrated, the source of that vibration is this material world. It is imperfect imperfect to make us understand Krishna. But when the sound is coming from the spiritual world, that is called Shabda Brahma, 
like Narutundas Thakur has sung, Goloker Premadhana Harinama Sankirtana. This Harinama Sankirtana, Hare Krishna Mahamantra has come from Goloka Vrindavan. It is not a material sound vibration. So, because it is revealed by God, revealed by Krishna, so that such revelation is available in scripture. So, the scriptures, especially Vedic scriptures, they are not, that's why they are called Apaurusheya. Vedas are called Apaurusheya because they are not written by man. Many people, many so-called Hindus also think that, many historians think that Vedas were written by humans. Huh? Uh, oh, it was a man-made book. No, it is not man-made. If, we, if it was man-made, then we would not waste our time reading it because it is imperfect. Uh, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. It is not Sri Manusha Uvacha, Sri, you know, what is that, Manava Uvacha. No, it is Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. And Vyasadeva himself wrote. Vyasadeva is who? Krishna Dvaipana Vyasa. He is Krishna himself. So anyway, so one who is less intelligent gathers experience by seeing and one who is more intelligent gathers experience by hearing. Now we sitting here in this class, we can know about the, in the Bhagavatam, if you, if you start reading, if you just read Bhagavatam, there is description of time, there is description of space, there is description of the speed of each planet. There is description of the spiritual world, there is description of the devotees, there is description of history that is millions of years past. In sitting in one place, we are having history lessons, we are having geography lessons. Geography, more than what geography offers here. What is the Saptadvip, you know, all the Bhumandal, everything, the extended geography of the entire universe. Everything is there. And what are the mountains, like Mount Meru? Meru mountain is, is not even mentioned in our, in our, it's not on the earth. But it's a big, such a big mountain that is 100,000 feet, uh, sorry, 100,000 yojanas, that means 800,000 miles high. No, this, and it's like an inverted cone shape, you know, golden mountain. So, where, where we can't even imagine these things. So, geography, which is much more extended than our, our so-called geography in school. So, geography, history, biology, how the human... Uh, a fetus is developing in the womb of the mother at which day which parts of the body get developed everything and what the child thinks when he's inside the womb everything is mentioned uh, chemistry if you want you know there's alchemical process so many things uh, so in fact there is history also that um, you know just like the um, Kauravas Kauravas were uh, she actually was angry and then she beat her womb, Gandhar, and then uh, a stillborn you know, child came. So, the meat was divided into 100 parts and put into 100 pots of ghee and that's how the Kauravas came, all the 100 people. So, this kind of test tubes, you know, all this you know, biology which is not even possible in modern science were, were done. And weaponry, if you see the we weapons, the Brahmastra and all these things, the nuclear weapons were so easily manufactured, just chanting a mantra and it becomes a nuclear weapon. I mean, you don't need big, big nuclear reactors, this big, big, you know. So, you just imagine what kind of things, all this science we will get just sitting in one place by reading Bhagavatam. This is the power of hearing. Whereas, if you want to do experiments like, for example, Jarajana Valakshani, Sthavara Lakshavamsati. So, this is there in the Padma Puran. Now, how many species of life are there? 900,000 in the water. Sthavara Lakshavam, so 2 million types of trees, 1.1 million types of insects. How do we know? Just by sitting one place. We can know all these things, exact numbers. So, that is the power of hearing. 
so there is pratyaksha anumana anuman means by inference like for example i can hear some noise on the other side of the door so i know okay there is somebody inside that room so because there is some talking sound i can hear so okay somebody is there so this is inference i can see i can't see it but i make inference based on the available evidence we make a guess so depending on what whose voice it sounds like okay this person is there so these are all inference and then there is aitihya aitihya means itihas historical informa- information like our world war 2 world war 1 i think i do not know if any of you who are sitting in this and watching this video have ever been through world war 2 or world war 1 i think world war 1 i think nobody world war 2 maybe if somebody is sitting here but i think none of us were there but how do we know it happened now if none of us saw it so therefore hearing is more powerful than seeing and aitihya is another way of achieving that knowledge aitihya means itihas by history and finally by shabda brahma praman shabda praman so that is by actually there is another i think another way also and finally shabda praman shabda praman means um, spiritual sound vibration which is revealed in the scriptures it's not just by oh this person saying yeah hearing is better than seeing okay good i will believe all the rumors that are coming up so no that not that kind of hearing that is shrotavyasya shrutasya you you become indifferent to whatever you are hearing and whatever is to be heard it has become fixed so not that kind of hearing but from the shastra yes so just like the soul we do not know we do not know how the soul exists but from shastra we can understand when an intelligent person hears from the law books or and shastras or scriptures that stealing is not good and hears that a thief is punished when arrested he refrains from theft he hears from the law book you know oh we should not just like you know now in the covid pandemic um the government issues rules if you come out of your house and you know if you are with some other f- member of another family or another household and then you will be charged 300 dollars that's the fine here in singapore so i better not do it so that is intelligent man no 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 let me see let me see whether it is really true or not i don't believe it well, let me go out and then i can get arrested and or 300 dollars or maybe even more or whatever it is so uh, then i will realize but you will come to the same conclusion that it is true whether you hear it or whether you see it or whether you experience it the best is by hearing it so because you will save yourself a lot of time and trouble but hear from the right source if we hear all kind of rumors and stupidity then that is our misfortune we should know where we are hearing from that's why it is said evam parampara praptam that is important hmm. a less intelligent person may first have to be arrested <coughs> and punished for stealing to learn to stop stealing however a rascal a foolish man may have the experience of both hearing and seeing and may even be even be punished but still he continues to steal even if such a person atones and is punished by the government he will again commit theft as soon as he comes out of jail if punishment in jail is considered atonement what is the benefit of such atonement so jail is for punishing the person who has committed the crime so that he learns that this is not good he should never do it again but if after the punishment after he comes out of the jail he again repeats 
then what is the use of such atonement? Because the heart is not clean. What is the use? So thus Parikshit Maharaj is in, inquires in the sixth canto, first chapter, ninth and tenth verses. Drishta Shrutabhyam Yatpapam Jananapyatmanohitam Karoti Bhuyo Vivashah Prayas Chittam Athokatham Kvachinivartate Bhadrat Kvachicharati Tatpunaha Prayas Chittam Athopartham Manye Kunjara Shauchavat He compared atonement to an elephant's bathing. The elephant may take a very nice bath in the river, but as soon as it comes onto the bank, it throws dirt all over its body. What then is the value of its bathing? Similarly, many spiritual practitioners chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and at the same time commit many forbidden things, thinking that their chanting will counteract their offences. Of the ten types of offences, one can commit while chanting the holy names of the Lord. This offence is called Namno Balad Yasahi Papa Buddhihi. If you remember the ten offences, this is offence number 7. Committing sinful activities on the strength of chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Similarly, certain Christians go to church to confess their sins, thinking that confessing their sins before a priest and performing some penance will relieve them from the results of their weekly sins. Weekly sins. <laughs> Every Sunday go and you know uh, confess. Oh, I did this, I did this, I am very sorry. And then come out and do it. What is the use of your sorry? Monday again come and do the same thing again. What is the point? What is the use of such atonement then? Mm. As soon as Saturday is over and Sunday comes, they again begin their sinful activities expecting to be forgiven the next Saturday. This kind of prayasitya or atonement is condemned by Parishit Maharaj, the most intelligent king of his time. Actually, Srila Prabhupada mentioned another story of his life when he was a grihastha and uh, his manager, he had a pharmaceutical business. So, he employed a manager to look after his uh, business in Allahabad and the manager did some uh, misappropriation of funds. So, it became a court case. So, Srila Prabhupada went there. Um, he was known as Abhay Charan at that time. So, he went and um, he said, I am very sorry that this happened. Uh, it was not known to me that my manager did this. I am very sorry. I will, uh, I will rectify this immediately. So, the judge excused him. So, the thing is this, if he said that and did the same thing again and caught the, for the same thing, the judge's faith in his words will reduce. Sri Prabhupada himself explained like this. So, if I did again the same thing, after saying sorry, if I go and do it again and again I get caught, then if I say uh, sorry, sorry, I did this, uh, I will not do it again. The judge may give a second chance, may. But third time, if I get caught for the same thing again, there is no excuse. Nobody will excuse me anymore. Similarly, if a, even an ordinary judge can understand that, it's, there is no sincerity in this person. So, you mean God does not know that every week we go and confess and uh, sorry, sorry, I did this, um, please forgive me. And then Monday again do the same thing. What is the point? So, is God so foolish that he will just keep on saying, okay, beta, okay, beta, do whatever you want, just confess to me and I will take you all. And or they will say, um, you know, uh, you pray for me, Prabhu, you pray for me, I am very, you know, I am very fallen, Prabhu, you pray for me. Hmm? So, he outsourcing that prayer also, the confession, confession also outsourcing to the prayer, priest. Hmm? 
this will not work heart must change heart must change so that is parishit maharaj's point what is the use of such atonement if that was meant for him to meant to correct him but and arjuna also asked this question what forces a man uh, to commit such uh, sins even though he does not desire to do so then krishna explains lust is the cause kama esha krodha esha rajoguna samudbhava mahashano mahapapma vidhyanam ihavairinam chapter 3 text 37 so this is the greatest enemy is lust and because of lust uh, one does all types of sinful activities kama dinam katina katidha palita durnideshas tesham jata mayina karuna natrapana upashanti so this is uh, prayer that you know the lust and so on lust anger greed you know illusion all these things these things are merciless they will never let go of us so lust is the greatest enemy but now we are serving them serving it very faithfully that's what the devotee's prayer is kamadinam katina katidha palita durnideshas तेषा जाता मयिन करुणा नत्रपानोपशाति उत्सृज्यथ यदुपते सांप्रत लब्धबुद्धिस्वायात शरणमभय मुंक्ष्वात्मदे सो दिस् द प्रेयर ऑफ द रिवोटी सो हि सेंग दट आई हेव सर्व दिस् लास्ट कामना कथिन कथि हाउ लॉन्ग हेव आई सर्व दम बट they have not given me any pay freely i served them like an idiot and and they were not satisfied with my service also at least if they are paying me and then they demand more okay understandable but they are not satisfied even without paying me i have served them very faithfully for life after life after life after life after life um and i also was such a fool that without being ashamed i served lust anger greed starts with lust if lust is not satisfied it will go into anger anger then it go into envy greed moha illusion madness it goes to all these things starts with lust so i have uh, i've shamelessly uh, served them and i did not even try to give them give the service up so now krishna i have come to you you know utsrajaitan now i have given up their service this rascal nonsense you know i have given up their job now i have taken job under you uh, now i want to become your servant so have ever since i started krishna consciousness sampratam labdha buddhis my intelligence has come and tvamayatah sharanam abhayam mam niyungshvatmadasye i have come to your fearless lotus feet for shelter please accept me and engage me in your service so this is the prayer of the devotee so this uh, this lust is the our greatest problem um So anyway, let's go on. As soon as Saturday is over and Sunday comes, they again begin their sinful activities, expecting to be forgiven the next Saturday. This kind of prayas chitta or atonement is condemned by Parishit Maharaj, the most intelligent king of his time. Shukadev Goswami, equally intelligent as befitting the spiritual master of Maharaj Parishit, answered the king and confirmed that his statement concerning atonement was correct. Yes. So Parishit Maharaj said, "This is this is useless. This atonement, because actually, why he is talking about this atonement?" because this before this chapter was the last chapter of the fifth canto and there all the hellish planets were described all what kind of horrible hells 
one suffers suffers in after going away from this world asuriyanamate loka andhena tamasavrata tamste pretyabhigachanti ye ye what is it ye ke chatmahano jana so whoever are sinners they go to asuriyanamate loka andhena tamasavrata so completely in the darkness you know in the hell they suffer like anything so sukadev goswami was describing the different kinds of hellish punishments parishit maharaj felt very compassion he did not know he did not want to know more some sometimes people you know, they ask us prabhu do you have garuda puran garuda puran i want to read garuda puran because why they want to know all the hellish punishments they get some kind of fun oh wow this is nice that's nice not knowing that you know they may themselves go there after this life so so Yeah, but uh, Parishit Maharaj was not interested. In fact, he felt very bad. Oh wow, these people are suffering so much. No, no, no. What is the best way to come out? Because after the point is, after suffering in hell, they are not giving their nonsense up. They are coming back to this earth and again doing the same nonsense. So, what is the value of these hellish punishments? What is the best way to change the heart of the person so that he will never come, never do this again? So, Parishit Maharaj was very compassionate. He was thinking how. how can these people be saved because this hellish punishment okay you were atoned for it okay fine you come back to the earth and be a man there's no guarantee that they will not do all these things again so he thought what is the point in all this punishment now you know the heart must be changed so therefore he was asking all these questions so that's real prashchitta okay Shukadev Goswami, equally intelligent as befitting the spiritual master of Maharaj Parishit, answered the king and confirmed that his statement concerning atonement was correct. A sinful activity cannot be counteracted by a pious activity. Thus, the real prashchit atonement is the awakening of our dormant Krishna consciousness. There are some recommendations to do prashchit to counteract, but the problem is because our desire, our heart is not clean. therefore we again repeat the same thing it's like the grass when you eat the grass it is said that the goat when the cow eats the grass it will eat the grass in a way that it will not uproot the grass it will just bite it off and then the grass grows again but when the goat eats the goat uproots all the grass that's how the goat eats so there's a difference between cow eating and goat eating it is said that uh, in vedic times the sahara desert that is existing in africa there were actually cows before and it was a very very fertile land very fertile land in those days you know vedic times and the cows were grazing grass and everything very plain fertile fields but then the muslims they started to rear goats and that's when the entire thing became a desert <laughs> the entire africa became a sahara desert for the goats so anyway our sins are have to be uprooted like how the goat eats you know the sins have to be completely uprooted you know if i just if the if the grass is cut it will grow back so this pious activity this prayaschita is just like cutting grass okay the sinful activity has grown okay cut it off cut it off cut it off cut it off but the root why the sinful activity is growing every time that has not been addressed the root is only going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper 
so this prayaschitta is a very it's a not at all because although i am trying to counteract the heart is not becoming cleansed so um a sinful activity cannot be counteracted by a pious activity although superficially it can be counteracted but it will not uproot the desire which causes that sinful activity that's what we need to be addre- addressing i think there is a verse let me just try i think very very long ago few years ago i saw this verse but i am not sure if it's the correct number let's try Uh, you see hmm this is a very very nice verse this is the correct verse let's read the sanskrit taistanya ghani puyante tapodana vrata adibhi na dharmajam tadridhayam dridhayam tadapi shangri sevaya chapter canto 6 chapter 2 text 17 although one may neutralize the reactions of sinful life through austerity charity vows and other such methods these pious activities cannot uproot the material desires in one's heart however if one serves the lotus feet of the personality of godhead he is immediately freed from all such contaminations hmm. तस्मात्कर्तनम विष्णोर्जगन्मंगल हसा महतामपरव्य विध्यकांतिक निष्कृत अप्रूट्स ऑल द सिंफुल आक्टिविटीज जस्ट बै संकर्तन यज्ञ सो डिवोशनल सर्विस टू कृष्ण विल अप्रूट द सिंफुल डिजायर्स इट इज नॉट जस्ट द सिंफुल आक्ट द सिंफुल डिजायर्स आर द वन which are the root cause of the sinful acts they manifest the sinful desires manifest as sinful acts but it is a sinful desires that have to be uprooted but prayaschitta only kind of neutralizes sinful act thus hmm. real prayaschitta atonement is the awakening of our dormant krishna consciousness so awakening of dormant krishna of our dormant krishna con- if it, it is actually dormant our krishna consciousness is dormant it is already there nitya siddha krishna bhakti sadhya kabhunay shravanaadhi shuddha chitte koraya udaye this is bengali um what is that nitya siddha krishna bhakti sadhya kabhunay krishna consciousness krishna prema the love of godhead is not something to be achieved it is already there innate it is just covered so now koraya udaya shravanaadi chuddha chitte so by hearing etc beginning with hearing all the other services chuddha chitte our heart becomes purified cheto darpana marjanam and then koraya udaya the same that uh, love of godhead will manifest prabhupada gave the example of gold when it is mined from the uh, ore it is when you see that gold it it doesn't look anything like gold it looks terrible it doesn't shine nothing but when all those oxides and all the minerals and all the all the contaminations dust everything is taken out ah then you can see the gold in its purest form so 
Krishna Bhakti is already there like that in our heart. But it is just covered with all these, these oxides and minerals and dust of materialism that we have accumulated on top of it. So that's why it said Krishna, Krishna Bhakti, uh, Krishna, uh, what is that? Bhakti, Nitya Siddha. Sadhya Kabhuna. It is not something to be sadhya, to be achieved. It is already there, just it has to be uncovered. You know? A sinful activity cannot be, okay, this we have done. The real Prashita atonement is the awakening of our dormant Krishna consciousness. Real atonement involves coming to real knowledge. And for this, there is a standard process. When one follows a regulated hygienic process, he does not fall sick. A human being is meant to be trained according to certain principles to revive his original knowledge. His original knowledge, it has to be revived. Such a methodical life is described as tapasya or austerity. One can be gradually elevated to the standard of real knowledge or Krishna consciousness by practicing austerity and celibacy, brahmacharya, by controlling the mind, by controlling the senses, by giving up one's possession in charity, by being avowedly truthful, by keeping clean and by practicing yoga asanas. <coughs> so, these are the purificatory processes. However, if one is fortunate enough to get the association of a pure devotee, he can easily surpass all the practices for controlling the mind by the mystic yoga process simply by following the regulative principles of Krishna consciousness, refraining from illicit sex, meat-eating, intoxication and gambling and by engaging in the direct or in the service of the Supreme Lord under the direction of the bona fide spiritual master. This easy process is recommended by Srila Rupa Goswami. So, Apparently, compared to the yogis in Himalayas or all those mountains, we are not doing such a severe tapasya. Just no meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling, no you know, uh, illicit sex. This is not as difficult as you know all those big big yogis they do in the mountain caves and all this. You know, so it's far less severe, but it is far more effective because we take shelter of Krishna. We chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we do service, we engage in Krishna service and that's what gives us the strength to overcome all these things. That's why there is a nice verse in the Bhagavatam, 4th um, Kanto, chapter 22, verse 39, 4.22.39 Yet Okay. Will be patient. It will take its own sweet time. Again. Uh. Okay, the devotees who are always engaged in the service. Come on. 
Krishna. <laughs> so kindly bear with this. I'm very sorry. Anyway, I can just explain it if it doesn't come up. The devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord. Yatpada Pankaja Palasha. Palasha means the petals or the toe, I mean the lotus petals. So the lotus feet and the petals of the lotus feet are the the toe, nails especially. So, uh, especially the toes. So the devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord can very easily overcome hard-knotted desires for fruitive activities. Because this is very difficult, the non-devotees, the jnanis and yogis, although trying to stop the waves of sense gratification, cannot do so. Therefore, you are advised to engage in the devotional service of Krishna, the son of Vasudeva. So, how come the devotees practicing such an easy thing become more um, accomplished than the yogis who are following such a severe process? The difference is here. The yogis are trying by their own strength. By their own strength. But then they fall for these urges of the tongue, the belly, the genitals. Or, you know, like Vishwamitra, he fell for the genitals. So, in that way, he married um, Menaka and gave forth, I mean brought forth the Shakuntala. So in this way they cannot give up that bodily identification, that urge, urges of the senses, the Vegam, the Vegan. But Krishna's devotees, they take shelter of Yogeshwar. Instead of being a yogi myself, I'll take shelter of Yogeshwar, Krishna. Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna, Yatra Partha Dhanurdharaha, Tatra Shreer Vijayo Bhutir, Hmm. So, all perfection, all victory, all, you know, everything is there, all opulence, everything is there for the, wherever there is Yogeshwara, Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna. And just like, um, it is said, putranam yesham pakshe janardhanaha. All victory was there for the Panduputras, the Pandavas, because Krishna was on their side. doesn't matter whether he is fighting or not. As long as Krishna is on their side, all victory is there. So, similarly, all victory for us over our senses will be there when we take shelter of Krishna. So, on Krishna's strength, we can easily overcome these things. You know, Whereas, they are depending on their own minute strength, which is why they fail. Mama Maya Duratyaya, it is very, very difficult to overcome my Maya, Krishna is saying. So, moving on. So, this easy process is recommended by Srila Rupa Goswami. First, one must control his speaking power. Every one of us has the power of speech. As soon as we get an opportunity, we begin to speak. If we do not speak about Krishna consciousness, we speak about all sorts of nonsense. A toad in a field speaks by croaking and similarly, everyone who has a tongue wants to speak even if he has even if all he has to say is nonsense. You know, there's a verse, nonsense verse. Not nonsense verse, verse which describes nonsense talking. Vikathante Mohita, Mohitanam Vikathante Vilajjamanaya yasya sthatum ikshapathe muya 
विमोहिता विकथ्यंते ममाहमित दुर्धिय The illusory energy of the Lord cannot take precedence, being ashamed of her position. But those who are bewildered by her always talk nonsense, vikathante, being absorbed in thoughts of it is I, it is mine. Yeah? This is all nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Because it is not ours, nothing is ours in this world. So, but when we talk like this, in the bodily concept, that is nonsense. So, everybody who is bewildered by Maya has this urge to speak. And it is compared to the croaking of a frog. A toad in a field speaks by croaking and similarly everyone who has a tongue wants to speak and even if, he all, even if all he has to say is nonsense. The croaking of the toad, however, simply invites the snake. Please come here and eat me. You know? Nevertheless, although it is inviting death, the toad goes on croaking. You know? The Prabhupada made the noise. He made the noise like that in one lecture. So, the talking of materialistic men and impersonalist Mayavadi philosophers may be compared to the kokorokon or the croaking of frogs. They are always speaking nonsense and thus inviting death to catch them. Controlling speech, however, does not mean self-imposed silence, the external process of mauna, as Mayavadi philosophers think. <laughs> Actually, about this Maunavrata, there is a nice incident which I remember as a kid. I was like about um, say eight or nine years old. One of our relatives, he used to do Maunavrata. Silence, observe silence for ten days. I think Navratri or some nine days or something, he will observe silence. He doesn't talk, but he's in the house only. And for the Navaratri, they, they invite all kinds of guests. So, there are um, hundreds of people in his house every day. And he doesn't speak. But he shows like this, like this, like this. And sometimes he gets tension because he, he wants to say but he cannot say anything. And then, you know, he's keeping silent and he should not open his mouth. What is the point of Mahavrata? So, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was kind of comical, but <laughs> so some people actually artificially do Maunavrata. They think, oh, we should control the urge of Vachovegam. Okay, let me do Maunavrata. That is not the idea. The idea, they, not, they did not understand. Uh, there is another way to do Maunavrata. That is explained in this now. Silence may appear helpful for some time, but ultimately it, it proves a failure. The meaning of controlled speech conveyed by Srila Rupa Goswami advocates the positive process of Krishna Katha engaging the speaking process in glorifying the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna. So, when we say Mauna, Mauna means to be quiet, that is quiet materially. Materially, don't talk anything, it is useless. Be silent in that realm, in that subject, be silent. But be fully active go on talking, you know, about Krishna Katha. Yeah. So, that is positive Maunavrata. So, like, this is very good because I am a, once I start talking, I will not stop. So, as we have seen in this Strengthening Foundation series, 
each class went to two and a half, three hours, you know, like. <laughs> but it is called Mahanavrata because at least we, we discussed about Krishna. So, this Krishna Katha, although it is continuous talking, it is actually silence because there is no material sound, there is only spiritual sound. So, the tongue can thus glorify the name, form, qualities and pastimes of the Lord. The preacher of Krishna Katha is always beyond the clutches of death. This is the significance of controlling the urge to speak. You mean, those who are preaching, they will not die? What does this mean? Beyond the clutches of death. So, death of course, is body is meant for death. So, but the soul, what its destination is after the death, that's what matters. So, the person who is talking nonsense, uh, he will get a nonsense body. Whereas the person who is talking about Krishna, he will get a body in the spiritual world. So, and he will continue his speaking and continue his service there in the spiritual world. So, that is not a loss. His activities are not stopped by death. Whereas a materialistic activities come to a grinding halt at the time of death. Whereas a spiritualist, especially devotee of Krishna, his service, he is now serving and death has no power to change that because he will just continue his service in the spiritual world. So, that is why it is called, he is always beyond the clutches of death. So, there is a nice verse in the Bhagavatam. It is a very common verse among the devotees. Those who are experienced a little bit, they will know. So, this is Kanto 2, Chapter 3, Text 17. Ayur Harati Vaipum Sam Udyanastan Udyanastam Chayanasau Tasyarte Yat Kshanonita Uttama Shloka Vartaya. Both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone, except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all good personality of Godhead. Huh? That is why, uh, there is a nice verse in the Mukundamala Stotra. So, in the 37th verse of the Mukundamala Stotra, uh, King Kulashekhar, he says, you see, Idam shariram parinama peshalam patatyavasyam shatasandhi jarjaram kimaushatham prichhasimudha durmate niramayam krishna rasayanam viva. The beauty, sorry, this body's beauty is fleeting, and at last the body must succumb, must succumb to death after its hundreds of joints have stiffened with old age. So, why bewildered fool are you asking for medication? Just drink, just take the Krishna elixir, the one cure that never fails. This is the Krishna Katha. Krishna Rasayanam Viva. So, Nigamakalpataro Galitam Palamidam Sukamukhadam Ritadravasam Yutam. Uh, what is that? Piva Rasamalayam uh, Muhuraho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavuka Srimad Bhagavatam uh, Rasamalayam Muhuraho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavuka 
This is the Bhagavatam, third verse of Bhagavatam. Okay, you see, Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam Muhurahu Rasikabhuvibhava Nigamakalpataror Galitam Phalam Shukamukhatam Ritadravyasam Dravasamyutam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam Muhurahu Rasikabhuvibhava O expert and thoughtful men, relish Srimad Bhagavatam the mature fruit of the desire tree of Vedic literatures. It emanated from the lips of Sri Sukadeva Goswami. Therefore, this fruit has become even more tasteful, although its nectarian juice was already relishable for all, including liberated souls. So, this Bhagavatam is the Krishna Rasayanam Piba. Piba means drink. So, here also the word Piba is used. See? Pibata. Pibata means drink. Drink this juice of Bhagavatam. Not apple juice, orange juice, mango juice. Bhagavatam juice. Bhagavatam rasam. Uh, rasam. Not some, you know, rasam, you know, like what? The spice. All the rasam. I think Tamil people will know. So, this is Bhagavatam rasam alayam. Pibata Bhagavatam rasam. So, the preacher of Krishna Katha is always beyond the clutches of death. This is the significance of controlling the urge to speak. Now, next. The restlessness or fickleness of the mind, Mano Vega. Vacho Vegam Manasaha Krodha Vegam. So, Mano Vega is controlled when one can fix his mind on the lotus feet of Krishna. The Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhilila chapter 22 verse 31 says, Krishna Surya Sama Maya Hoy Andhakar Jahan Krishna Tahan Nahi Maya Radhikar. Krishna is just like the sun and Maya is just like darkness. If the sun is present, there is no question of darkness. Similarly, if Krishna is present in the mind, there is no possibility of the minds being agitated by Maya's influence. The yogic process of negating all material thoughts will not help. To try to create, see the yogis, they try to make a void in their mind. Uh, uh, blank all thoughts, just blank the mind. No, you cannot blank the mind, you cannot create a vacuum there. Even the desire to take out all desires of the mind is itself a desire. So, you cannot remove all desires. So, uh, but if you replace the desires with Krishna in, your, in the mind, uh, then mind is conquered. Hmm? Similarly, if Krishna is present in the mind, there is no possibility of the minds being agitated by Maya's influence. The yogic process of negating all material thoughts will not help. To try to create a vacuum in the mind is artificial. The vacuum will not remain. However, if one always thinks of Krishna and how to serve Krishna best, one's mind will naturally be controlled. So, this is the way to control the mind. The mind is otherwise very uncontrollable. So many verses are there. Chanchalam himanah Krishna, Pramathi Balavadhrudam. Uh, tasyaham nigraham manye vayori vasudhushkaram. 
even a storm may be easier to control but the mind is not easier of course we know storm is not easy to control nobody can control a storm but arjuna says mind is even more worse is worse than the storm so chanchalam hand is very very fickle so manasa sometimes it accepts as good sometimes bad sometimes good sometimes bad and in this way we create so many struggles for ourselves like for example in the samasas let's go how just because of the mind just because of our stupid mind huh? we have remained in this material world the mind has been our greatest enemy ಮನೋವಶೇನ್ಯಮನಸ್ಯಶಂಸಿ ಭೀಷ್ಮೋಹಿಸ್ಟ್ರಾಂಗರ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಂಗರ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಂಗರ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಾಂಗರ
and you know many wives many children some children were his wives and whatever some mothers were his wives whatever you know pig has no control of sex whom he has sex with no control at all so like this has many children big empire he has built then brahma came out came down indra your time is over this curse is finished now you come back be indra again then he was saying no 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 how what is this you know i have to, i have so much responsibility say how many people are depending on me how many pigs are depending on me how can i leave all this and you know this is this is my swargam yeah of course it was nonsense don't talk nonsense come out then he was taken out but you see the maya is so powerful that indra the king of heaven became a pig and he liked it you know we think hey, how can a pig be happy eating stool yeah when we are in the body of a pig we will be most happy you give halwa also the pig doesn't want halwa he want the stool only a stool is better halwa than the halwa for the pig so this is the power of the mind it has cheated us so many times still we want to believe and still we want to be friends with the mind what kind of stupidity you know mm-hmm. this is called manasah vegam manasah vegam vacho vegam manasah vegam so therefore anyone who can bring the mind under control becomes the master of all the senses therefore who and how to control the mind how to control the mind by the service to guru therefore guru is of utmost importance who is guru guru means who has control all these vegas etan vegan yo vishayet dhira sarvam api mam prithivim sa shishyat he can create so many disciples he is a real guru hmm. so in the 5th canto 11th chapter 17th verse भ्रातृव्यमेनम तदद्रवीर्यम उपेक्षयाध्येधितमप्रमत्त गुरोर्हरेश्चरणोपासनास्त्रो जहिव्यलीकं स्वयमात्ममोषं दिस अनकंट्रोल्ड माइंड इज द ग्रेटेस्ट एनिमी ऑफ द लिविंग एंटिटी इफ वन नेग्लेक्ट्स इट और गिव्स इट अ चांस इट विल ग्रो मोर एंड मोर पावरफुल एंड विल बिकम विक्टोरियस when the mind becomes victorious we become an utter failure what is that parabhavastavadabodhajata yavanna jignyasatatmatatvam yavat kriyastavadidam manovai karmatmakam yena sharira bandha we become parabhav this this you know mind becomes victorious we become defeated although it is not factual it is very strong remember god like power um it covers the constitutional position of the soul o king please try to conquer this mind by the weapon of service to the lotus feet of the spiritual master and of the supreme personality of godhead do this with great care not just any just you know half baked do this, this with great care and attention mm. so here in the purport actually prabhupad mentions one important thing there is one easy weapon with which the mind can be conquered disobedience what does that mean again there is one easy weapon with which the mind can be conquered disobedience that means we have to disobey the mind every time it comes up with a idea first disobey 
even if it's right or wrong doesn't matter just disobey later let's see whether it is right or wrong which we will check with shastra we'll check with guru we'll check with sadhu and we will try out we will see whether it is but first of all no by default no that should be the answer to the, all the mind's demands so the mind is always telling us to do this or that therefore we should be very expert in disobeying the mind's orders gradually the mind should be trained to obey the orders of the soul it is not that one should obey the orders of the mind see we should not obey the orders of the mind the mind should be trained to obey the orders of the soul and our soul is so weak how then Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say that to control the mind one should beat it with shoes many times just like just after awakening and again before going to sleep in this way one can conquer the mind this is the injunction of all the shastras if one does not do so one is doomed to follow the dictations of the mind another bona fide process is to abide strictly by the orders of the spiritual master and engage in the lord's service then the mind will be automatically controlled so best way is to guru harish charanopasana astram uh, by the service to Guru and Krishna. So, in that way, automatically we are saying no, we are disobeying all the minds. So, we have to just follow the orders of the Guru. Then the mind will be automatically controlled. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has instructed Sri Rupa Goswami, Brahmanda Brahmite Kona Bhagyavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasadipaya Bhaktilata Bij. When one receives the seed of devotional service by the mercy of the Guru and Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, once real life begins, if one abides by the orders of the spiritual master, by the grace of Krishna, he is freed from the service to the mind. This is how to control the mind. Therefore, famous example, Ambarish Maharaj. Savaimana Krishna Padara Vindayo Vacham Sivai Kuntha Gunanu Varnane Karoharir Mandiramarjanadishu Shrutim Chakara Chuta Satkathodaye Mukundalinga Layadarshane Drisho Tadbhritya Gatra Sparshenga Sangamam Granam Jatatpada Saroja Saurabhe Srimatulasya Rasanam Tadarpite Pado Harer Kshetra Padabhivandane Shiro Rishikesh, I'm sorry, Pado Harer Kshetra Padanu Sarpane Shiro Rishikesh Padabhivandane Kamam dudasye nachakama kamyayam natukama kamyayam yathottama shloka janashrayaratihi Maharaj Ambarish, this is Kanto 9, chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. Maharaj Ambarish always engaged his mind in meditating upon the lotus feet of Krishna. The first thing he did was Savai Manaha Krishna Padara Vindayor. His mind, he first put it at the lotus feet of Krishna. Then, automatically, his words in describing the glories of the Lord, his hands in cleansing the Lord's temple, and his ears in hearing the words spoken by Krishna or about Krishna. He engaged his eyes in seeing the deity of Krishna, 
Krishna's temples and Krishna's places like Mathura and Vrindavan. He engaged his sense of touch in touching the bodies of the Lord's devotees. He engaged his sense of smell in smelling the fragrance of Tulusi offered to the Lord. And he engaged his tongue in tasting the Lord's prasad. He engaged his legs in walking to the holy places and temples of the Lord, his head in bowing down before the Lord and all his desires in serving the Lord, 24 hours a day. Indeed, Maharaj Ambarish never desired anything for his own sense gratification. He engaged all his senses in devotional service in various engagements related to the Lord. This is the way to increase attachment for the Lord and be completely free from all material desires. This is the example of Maharaj Ambarish. Um, similar verses are there in Mukundamala Stotra also, but you get the point. Moving on. To create a vacuum, to try to create a vacuum in the mind is artificial. The vacuum will not remain. However, if one always thinks of Krishna and how to serve Krishna best, one's mind will naturally be controlled. Similarly, anger can be controlled. Now, anger. So, vacho vegam manasaha krodha vegam. We cannot stop anger altogether. But if we simply become angry with those who blaspheme the Lord or the Lord or the devotees of the Lord, we control our anger in Krishna consciousness. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became angry with the miscreant brothers Jagai and Madhai who blasphemed and struck Nityananda Prabhu. In his Shikshashtaka, Lord Chaitanya wrote, one should be humbler than the grass and more tolerant than the tree. One may then ask why the Lord exhibited his anger. The point is that one should be ready to tolerate all insults to one's own self. But when Krishna or his pure devotee is blasphemed, a genuine devotee becomes angry and acts like fire against the offenders. Krodha, anger cannot be stopped, but it can be applied rightly. It was in anger that Hanuman set fire to Lanka, but he is worshipped as the greatest devotee of Lord Ramachandra. This means that he utilized his anger in the right way. Arjuna serves as another example. He was not willing to fight, but Krishna incited his anger. You must fight. To fight without anger is not possible. Anger is controlled, however, when utilized in the service of the Lord. If you remember in the, in the uh, Kurukshetra war, Arjuna was fighting. He was fighting. Krishna wanted to make his anger even more. So, he made Abhimanyu kill by all the... Of course, it is all under his plan, right? Nothing is beyond Krishna's plan. So, Abhimanyu became... They conspired against Abhimanyu and seven great generals, they together, they killed him in an uh, un way. You know, you know, against the rules of warfare. And... The next day was hell for the Kauravas because of Abhimanyu's death. And Arjuna showed such anger that one whole Akshavahini completely was decimated by the Arjuna on that one day. You know, one person he was killing all these big, big warriors and thousands and thousands and thousands of people and elephants and horses and chariots were killed just by him alone. So, that is Krodha. So, but it is used in Krishna's service. Krishna wanted him to fight. And he made the anger of Arjuna even more by arranging this, his son being killed. So, in the in the uh, matter of, you know, 
service to the Lord. Sometimes there will be reversals, but all these reversals will prove to be great impetus for spiritual growth. They are not actually reversals. So this is anger. Actually, there is. This, well, let us go to that verse. Um, it will be a little difficult to find it, but So in the Prema Bhakti Chandrika, I'm not able to find it now. I think maybe I typed wrongly. Maybe somebody will help us with this verse in the comments. Krodha Bhakta Bhakta Dveshijane. So anyway. So, Narutmanas Thakur says how all these Kama, Krodha, Lobha, Moha, Madha, Matsarya, Matsarya we cannot use, but everything else, envy we cannot use, but everything else, how it can be used in Krishna's service. So, he very nicely explains, maybe in the comments later we can see that verse, because uh, maybe I am typing the spelling wrongly or something, it does not, it's not come. So, in this way, anger can be controlled. So, actually many people ask us, Prabhu, how to control anger, how to control my anger? So, anger controlling means it is to be only used for Krishna's service, not for anything else. Uh, in that way, that means how to use in Krishna's service? To get angry with those who blaspheme the Lord or his devotees. So, it's not that we search out opportunities to become angry and meet all the rascals of the world and then get angry with them. That's not the point. So, when we are fixed on Krishna, now because we are fixed on ourselves, anything that is unfavorable to us, we will get angry. When we are fixed on Krishna, just like uh, uh, a man who loves a woman. Now, anybody who comes and disturbs a woman or you know tries to do some harm to the woman, he will immediately become angry. And such anger is appreciated, right? Uh, so, if he doesn't become angry, what kind of husband he is? You know, if he cannot protect his wife. So, just like Ramachandra Bhagavan, perfect example. His Sita was kidnapped. Ah, he became so angry that the entire Ravan and his all army, everything became bhasma, ashes. Uh, just by the anger of Lord Ram. So uh, that is the way. When the when the so one should become angry. That means love. So that is a symptom of love. So Ram showed his supreme love for Sita by fighting and killing that Ravan. So this is the anger is therefore, and also Hanuman. He became so angry because his his Lord Ramchandra and his you know his wife Sita Devi, uh, Ramchandra's wife. So both were offended so badly. Uh, Hanuman could not tolerate. Completely burned the Lanka, you know, and killed so many demons. So that anger, the other side of anger is love. So he, because of love for someone or attachment to someone. The anger goes on another one, the, or the opposite, the enemy. Because the man loves the wife, 
therefore his anger for the, the, the criminal who tried to disturb the wife or something to harm the wife, he becomes angry. So that anger is based on a love for the wife. So similarly, the anger of a devotee is based on his love for Krishna and devotees. So that is proper use of anger. Anger cannot be, it's not that, you know, uh, sometimes <laughs> when we preach, when we sell books, sometimes inevitably one guy will come to argue. There will be many people who will either buy or they will just, no, 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 or just, they will just walk out, walk away as if they did not see anything. But sometimes some people will come to argue and they will talk all kinds of rubbish and blaspheme the Lord and blaspheme. Of course, preaching to the faithless is not good. So, it's no more preaching, but we have to defeat him. When he is so boldly, he is, you know, uh, blaspheming Krishna, we cannot keep quiet. We have to defeat him by argument completely. So, in that mood, the devotee will become very angry. And immediately those guys, you know, those who are disturbing the devotee, so he will immediately say, oh, you see, you see, you are getting angry. What kind of devotee are you? You know, you are not even sadhu, you are not devotee, you are fake, you know, you are bogus. You know, uh, so, we are, I always ask them, so, so Hanuman is also bogus now, huh? Hanuman is bogus, because you got angry, right? Oh, bogus. Yeah? Why everybody is praying to Hanuman so much? Huh? So, that is that anger is because of love for the Lord. Anger is completely authorized if it is used against this. Uh, Prabhupada, if you see how many times you got angry with these people who challenge Krishna. Some Indian, whenever he is like giving any lecture in India, some Indian will be the super smart aleck. He will ask, you know, not ask questions. He will challenge Prabhupada. And Prabhupada is always angry with that, these kind of people. No. If you, if you hear his replies, all, all anger. Because they are talking nonsense. So, anger is controlled, however, when utilizing the service of the Lord. In the seventh canto also there is such verses, Kam, Kamad, Krodhad, Bhayat, Snehad. You know, let's take out, I think, Many, many persons have attained liberation simply by thinking of Krishna with great attention and giving up sinful activities. This great attention may be due to lusty desires, inimical feelings, fear, affection or devotional service. I shall now explain how one receives Krishna's mercy simply by concentrating one's mind upon him. So, in different, different ways they have achieved. In fact, there is another also nice verse in the Brahma Samhita. Yam grodha kama sahaja pranayadi bheeti Vatsalya moha guru gaurava sevya bhavaihi Sanchintya tasya sadrishim dhanumapurete Govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami Let's take out that verse. Yam Grodha Kama Sahaja okay. 
ಶ್ರೀಯಂ ಗ್ರೋಧ ಕಾಮ ಸಹಜ ಪ್ರಣಯಾದಿ ಭೀತಿ ವಾತ್ಸಲ್ಯಮೋಹ ಗುರುಗೌರವಸೇವ್ಯ ಭಾವೈ ಸಂಚಿಂತ್ಯತ ಸದೃಶೀಂ ತನುಮಾಪುರೇತೆ ಗೋವಿಂದ ಮಾದಿಪುರುಷಂ ತಮಹಂ ಭಜಾಮಿ ಐ ಅಡೋ ದ ಪ್ರೈಮಿವ ಲಾಡ್ ಗೋವಿಂದ ದ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಹೋಮ್ ಬೈ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟಿಂಗ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಅಂಡರ್ ದ ಸ್ವೇ ಆಫ್ ರ್ಯಾಥ್ ಆಮರಸ್ ಪ್ಯಾಷನ್ ನ್ಯಾಚುರಲ್ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ಲಿ ಲವ್ ಫಿಯರ್ ಪ್ಯಾರೆಂಟಲ್ ಅಫೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಡೆಲ್ಯೂಷನ್ reverence and willing service attain to the bodily forms befitting the nature of their contemplation befitting the nature of their contemplation so whether they think of him under yam krodha kama sahaja pranaya sahaja means like friendly pranaya means like you know like a beloved lover conjugal lover uh, pranayadi bhiti bhiti means out of fear of him vatsalya out of like a parental affection Uh, vatsal moha by bewilderment just like the gopis and you know, uh, they, they think of him out of bewilderment you know? vatsal moha guru gaurava you know out of refer- reverence like a big you know like guru like just like arjuna said shishyasteham sadhimam tvam prapannam and when krishna showed the vishwarupa then he was oh keshava please forgive me i have called you by so many Uh, friendly names and i've eaten with you and slept on the same bed you know mm-hmm. as if i was your, your friend and spoke joking words sometimes even criticized you in front of others and please forgive me you know i'm your shishya you know guru gaurava sevya bhavai sevya bhavai means as a menial servant like like ramadutah hanuman you know like a servant so in this way different ways uh, one can fix the mind on krishna so all these things can be used anger or passion or friendliness and you know parental affection delusion reverence everything so narutam das thakur actually that that song is very beautiful i have to find that song okay kama krishna karmarpane adi kama krishna ಕರ್ಮಾರ್ಪಣೆ ಓಕೆ ಲೆಟ್ ಸಿ ಇಫ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ ಗೆಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಡಸಿಂಗ್ ಲುಕ್ ಲೈಕ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಲಕ್ಕಿ Hmm. Anyway, maybe somebody can bring it out. We can see that. Not able to. I used to take it out sometimes. Ah, yes. Very nice. Kamakrodha lobha moha madamat sarya dhambhasaha ಸ್ಥಾನೆ ಸ್ಥಾನೆ ನಿಯುಕ್ತ ಕೊರಿಬ ಆನಂದ ಕೊರಿ ಹೃದಯ ರಿಪು ಕೊರಿ ಪರಾಜಯ ಅನಾಯಾಸೆ ಗೋವಿಂದ ಭಜಿವ ಕಾಮಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕರ್ಮಾರ್ಪಣೆ ಕ್ರೋಧ ಭಕ್ತ ದ್ವೇಷಿಜನೆ ಲೋಭ ಸಾಧು ಸಂಗೆ ಹರಿಕಥಾ ಮೋಹ ಇಷ್ಟ ಲಾಭೆ ಲಾಭವಿನೆ ಮದಕೃಷ್ಣ ಗುಣಗಾನೆ ನಿಯುಕ್ತ ಕರಿಬ ಯಥಾ ತಥಾ 
I will engage lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, envy and pride in appropriate ways and by defeating these enemies, I will feel happiness in my heart as I peacefully worship Govinda. I will engage lust by offering it in Krishna's service. Anger I will direct towards those who are envious of the devotees. I will be greedy to hear the topics of Hari in the association of devotees. I will feel illusioned without achieving my worshipable Lord. As you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Sunyayatam Jagat Sarvam Govinda Virahenamen. The whole world is vacant. You know, he is bewildered, you know, illusioned, you know, without achieving the worship of the Lord. I will be maddened while singing the glories of Krishna. In this way, I will engage these enemies in their proper places. Um, it's like prisoners of war. When one wins the war, the prisoners of war means the, the army soldiers of the opposite side who were caught as prisoners now. So, they will be employed. Okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. So, like that. All these enemies will become prisoners of war and the, the devotee will become victorious over them. And all these enemies engaged in Krishna's service, they will become great, uh, what do you say, um, sources of happiness because we use it for Krishna's service. Just like a preacher, I think whoever has distributed books and whoever has argued with, you know, stupid people who come and, you know, offer arguments. After the argument, the preacher feels very satisfied. If he has argued well and you know he has completely defeated the other person, a preacher feels very satisfied. Not like, not because an ordinary person also would satisfy, would feel feel satisfied after an argument if he won the argument, but that is out of pride. But here he feels satisfied because he has served Krishna nicely. He has spoken for Krishna. Uh, anybody who is a preacher, he can he can relate to this. So, as for the urges of the tongue. We all experience that the tongue wants to eat palatable dishes. Generally, we should not allow the tongue to eat according to its choice, but, but should control the tongue by supplying prasadam. We have already learnt in that Strengthening Foundation series why prasadam is so important. The devotee's attitude is that he will eat only when Krishna gives him prasad. That is the way to control the urge of the tongue. One should take prasad at scheduled times and not eat in restaurants or sweetmeat shops simply to satisfy the whims of the tongue or belly. If we stick to the principle of taking only prasad, the urges of the belly and tongue can be controlled. So, this is the easy point of, easy way to control the tongue and the belly. Udara, uh, Jihva and Udara. In a similar manner, the urges of the genitals, the sex impulse can be controlled when not used unnecessarily. Uh, in the Chapter 7, text 11, I think. Uh, Bhagavad Gita. What is that? Kamosmi Bharatarsha. Dharmavaruddha Bhuteshu Kamosmi Bharatarsha Bha. So, sex life which is not against religious principles. What is sex life not against religious principles? To beget children. To beget Krishna conscious children. That should be the whole point of sex life. That do within marriage. So, in a similar manner, the urges of the genitals, the sex impulse can be controlled when not used unnecessarily. The genitals should be used to beget a Krishna conscious child, otherwise they should not be used. That's a simple formula to control the genitals. The Krishna consciousness movement encourages marriage not for the satisfaction of the genitals, but for the begetting of Krishna conscious children. So, you see, 
As soon as the children are a little grown up, they are sent to our Gurukul school where they are trained to become fully Krishna conscious devotees. Uh, so, this is the proper use of genitals. So, make children and don't just keep the children to yourself. In that way, you are spoiling the children and this is not proper usage of the genitals and of the children, of the family life, of everything. Best way is, as soon as they are little grown up, they are sent to our Gurukul school. We, Of course, we don't have a Gurukul school here. But, at least, as much as possible, make them associate with devotees. And any, we have already told this before, any summer holidays, you know, of, of, of course, the child must be at least a little bit 9, 10 years old, if we can at least stay, otherwise we can't babysit him here. <laughs> so, you know, at least if that age and they know how to wear their dhotis, if they know how to at least put their clothes in the washing machine, basic training, you know, if they are given in the house, they can actually come and stay and, you know, experience in their holidays. So, this is one good opportunity. So, and then eventually they will develop the taste for association of devotees. Hmm. As soon as the children are a little grown up, they are sent to our Gurukul school where they are trained to become fully Krishna conscious devotees. So, fully Krishna conscious devotees. Again, devotees must always remember that their children are not theirs and it is they are Krishna's property and they must be employed in Krishna's service and they must, you know, be very favorable for them to join the temple and become full time devotee. That is proper parent parenting. Many such Krishna conscious children are required and one who is capable of bringing forth Krishna conscious offspring is allowed to utilize his genitals. When one is fully practiced in the methods of Krishna conscious control, he can become qualified to be a bona fide spiritual master. So, now we are coming to the point of spiritual master. Now we have studied the six Vegas, the six urges and how to control them. Now, etan veganyo vishaheta dhira sarvama pimam prithivim sashishyat. He can, he can, one who can control all these urges, he can make disciples all over the world. Hmm. Now, we will read. Uh, this is a very important point. So, we will read now the continuation of the purport. In his Anuvritti explanation of Upadeshamrita, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes that our material identification creates three kinds of urges. The urge to speak, the urge of the, or demands of the mind and the demands of the body. Kāyena manasa vācha. So, what is that? Kāyena vācha manasendri airva buddhyātmana vānusrita svabhāvāt. Um, 11.236 Ah get the last two lines samarpayetat mm. okay let's go to that verse kayena vacha manasendriyairva buddhyatmana vanusrita svabhava karoti adyat sakalam parasmai narayanayeti samarpayetat Kaya. Kaya means body, vacha means words, manasa means mind, indriya means senses, buddhya means intelligence, va anusrita svabhavat. What is that anusrita svabhavat? Followed according to one's conditional nature, svabhavat. So, okay, now 
in accordance with the particular nature one has acquired in conditioned life, whatever one does with body, words, mind, senses, intelligence or purified consciousness, one should offer to the Supreme thinking, this is for the pleasure of Lord Narayana. Narayana ayeti samarpayetat. So, these are the three urges. So, if we can employ all of them in Krishna's service, that is the best. So, anyway, let's get back. So, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur writes that our material identification creates three kinds of urges. The urge to speak, the urge or demands of the mind and the demands of the body. When a living entity falls victim to these three types of urges, his life becomes inauspicious. One who practices resisting these demands or urges is called tapasvi or an austere person or one who practices austerities. By such tapasya, one can overcome victimization by the material energy, the external potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When we refer to the urge to speak, we refer to useless talking such as that of the impersonal Mayavadi philosophers or of persons engaged in fruitive activities technically called Karmakanda or of materialistic people who simply want to enjoy life without restriction. Now, coming to the point of talking here, it is said, three types of useless talking. The absolute, I mean, gossip that is going on, usually among materialistic people, who enjoy life without any restriction. That is another, that is a useless talk. Then, Vedavadarataha Partha Nanya Dastiti Vajana. If you see the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, 42nd verse, 43rd verse, Yamimam Pushpitam Vacham Pravadan Tavipaschitaha Vedavadarataha Partha Nanya Dastiti Vajana Kamatmana Karma Phala Janma Karma Phala Pradha Kamatmana Svargapara Janma Karma Phala Pradha Shriya Bhogaishwarya Gatim Prati. I forget the third line. Kriya Vishesha Bahulam. Yes. Kriya Vishesha Bahulam. Bhogaishwarya Gatim Prati. So, this is another useless talk. So, gossip is useless talk, we understand. But this speaking Vedas also is useless talk. When? When does speaking Vedas become useless talk? This is when. Yamimam Pushpitam Vacham Pravadan Tavipaschita Veda. See, Veda Vadarataha, those who are very attached to Vedic rules and regulations, they are uselessly talking. This is called Pushpitam Vacham Pravadan Tavipaschita. What is that? Men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas, which recommend various fruitive activities for elevation to heavenly planets, result in good birth, power, and so forth. So, the Vedas recommend various fruitive activities, various yajnas, various you know, processes by which we can attain heavenly planets, good birth in the next life, how to get power, how to become powerful and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say that there is nothing more than this. Oh, this is Vedas. Vedas means, Vedas are there to help us achieve all this power, good birth and heavenly planets. That is what they think Vedas are for. So, they are also talking nonsense, useless talk. So, when we talk of Prajalpa, Prajalpa, the Prajalpa involves all these things. So, the absolute gossip of normal materialistic people, the people who say that the Vedas are for heavenly planets, you know, all this worldly enjoyment, they are also talking nonsense. And the impersonalist Mayavadis who say that the absolute truth and we are one with God, 
you know these kind of people talking nonsense they are also uselessly talking all of these three classes are useless talkers talking rubbish hmm. so when we refer to the urge to speak we refer to useless talking such as that of the impersonal maya the philosophers or of persons engaged in fruitive activities technically called karma kanda or of materialistic people who simply want to enjoy life without restriction all such talks or literatures are practically are practical exhibitions of the urge to speak not only talking even literature people write literature what is what is a book it is recorded speech basically so what they thought they condensed it and synthesized it and made it into a book so all such talks or literatures are practical exhibitions of the urge to speak many people are talking nonsensically and writing volumes of useless books and all this is the result of the urge to speak now not only books there is youtube it is said that every minute on youtube there are 400 hours 400 hours of worth of video uploaded every single second i think 400 hours of video uploaded every single second that much nonsense is being uploaded on youtube except for those devotees who are speaking about krishna the entire youtube is basically all for the most part is rubbish if something is at least materially useful some skill or something which we can use in krishna service at least there is something there but many are just prank videos and some useless videos i mean or some news or some or some you know fake news or whatever it is you know there is so much going on so to counteract this tendency we have to divert our talking to the subject of krishna uh, so probably explaining more now so all the urge to speak has produced newspapers magazines books all the social media everything now to counteract this tendency we are not asking them to stop their speaking tendency no we are not asking them to stop speaking we are asking them to stop speaking nonsense that is real maunavrata start speaking only about krishna we have to divert our talking to the subject of krishna this is explained in shrimad bhagavatam canto 1 chapter 5 texts 10 10 and 11 nayadvachas chitra padam harer yasho jagat pavitram pragranita karhichit tadvaya samtirtham ushanti manasa nayatraham sa niramantyu shikshaya those words which do not describe the glories of the lord Hmm? those words which do not describe the glories of the lord who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows saintly people consider those books and whatever which do not glorify the lord to be a place of pilgrimage for crows so pilgrimage is a place where holy people meet business conference is a place where business people meet and rubbish is where crows meet so the rubbish is their place of pilgrimage hmm. so place of pilgrimage for crows is rubbish crows are always at rubbish so this words which do not describe the lord if there are volumes of books all of them are rubbish there place of pilgrimage for crows tad vayasam tirtham vayasam means crow 
तीर्थ मीन्स पिलग्रमेज क्रोज पिलग्रमेज since the all perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode they do not derive any pleasure there no tad then the next verse tadvag visargo janataagha viplavo yasmin pratishlokam abaddhavatyapi namanyanantasya yashankitani yat shrinvanti gayanti grananti sadhavah on the other hand that literature which is full of descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name fame forms pastimes etc of the unlimited supreme lord is a different creation full of transcendental words directed toward bringing about revolution in the impious lives of this world's misdirected civilization so these words of transcendental uh, i mean glories of the you know name forms pastimes of the lord they bring about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's misdirected civilization such transcendental literatures even though imperfectly composed are heard sung and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest see this is real literature literature speaking of god of krishna the conclusion is that only when we talk about devotional service to the supreme personality of godhead can we refrain from useless nonsensical talk we should always endeavor to use our speaking power solely for the purpose of realizing krishna consciousness as for the agitations of the bickering mind they are divided into two two divisions the first is called avirodha preeti or unrestricted attachment and the other is called virodha yukta krodha anger arising from frustration so the mind is having avirodha preeti unrestricted attachment and then anger arising from frustration virodha yukta krodha ah adherence to the philosophy of the mayavadis belief in the fruitive results of the karmavadis and belief in plans made on materialistic desires are called avirodha preeti hmm? gyanis karmis and materialistic plan makers generally attract the attention of conditioned souls but when the materialists cannot fulfill their plans and when their devices are frustrated they become angry frustration of material desires produces anger so in this way the mind you see how the mind is switching between hankering and lamentation and frustration so this is how the mind is similarly the demands of the body so how to actually um get out of this so our mind must be fixed on krishna we have already studied that similarly the demands of the body can be divided into three categories so bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur is explaining the three urges of the body mind and words of the body what he said yeah so useless talking so that is of the three types of the mayavadi philosophers the karmakandis and then the absolute karmis three kinds of urges to speak then there are two kinds of urges of the mind avirodha preeti and virodha yukta krodha then what is avirodha preeti adherence to the philosophy of mayavadas uh, mayavadis the means oneness with god you know that kind of understanding and belief in the fruitive results of the karmavadis and belief in plans based on materialistic desires are called avirodha preeti unrestricted attachment 
Gyanis, Karmis and materialistic plan makers generally attract the attention of the conditioned souls but when the materialists cannot fulfill their plans and when the devices are frustrated they become angry. Frustration of material desires, desires produces anger. Similarly, the demands of the body can be divided into three categories. So, how he is breaking down everything? Three kinds of uh, urges, body, mind and uh, speech. And so, three kinds of uh, speech. Uh, urge to, urges to of speech and then two kinds of urges of the mind and now three kinds of urges of the body the demands of tongue belly and genitals one may observe that these three senses are physically situated in a straight line see uh, tongue belly genitals so in the, it's a straight line so one may observe that these three senses are physically situated on a straight line as far as the body is concerned and that the bodily demands begin with the tongue. If one can restrain the demands of the tongue by limiting its activities to the eating of prasad, the urges of the belly and the genitals can automatically be controlled. In this connection, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Sharira Vidya Jal, Jarindra Tahekal, Jive Phele Vishyasagare, Taramadya Jivvati, Lobhumaya Sudurmati, Takejita Kathina Samsare, Krishna Bada Dvayamaya, Kuribare Jivvajaya, Svaprasadana Dilobhaya, Shainamrita Pavara, Adha Krishna Gunagao, Premidaku Sri Chaitanya Thai. This is the mantra we already Red. Do you remember? This is the Prasad Sevaya Mantra. Before we honor, before we take Prasadam, we have to honor the Prasadam using this mantra. We have to remember this. So, what is the meaning? Oh Lord, this material body is a lump of ignorance and the senses are a network of paths leading to death. Somehow or other, we have fallen into the, into the ocean of material enjoyment and all of all the senses, the tongue is the most voracious and uncontrollable. It is very difficult to conquer the tongue in this world, but you, dear Krishna, are very kind to us. You have sent this nice prasad to help us conquer the tongue. Therefore, let us take this prasad to our full satisfaction and glorify your Lordships, Sri Sri Radha and Krishna and in love, call for the help of Lord Chaitanya and Prabhu Nityananda. So, there are six kinds of rasas, tastes. So, this is actually explained in the third canto. Um, so, it is sour, salty, sweet, astringent, pungent and forgot. So, anyway, there are six kinds of tastes. So, and if one is agitated by any of, any of the, any one of them, he becomes controlled by the urges of the tongue. So, some people like sweets, some people like um, normal preparations with salt, some people like bland food, some people like, you know, uh, pungent or, you know, like more chilli. So, anything, whatever we like, that is the urge of the tongue. So, it is said that, you know, so those people who want to control the tongue but who don't want to take prasadam, those who are not devotees, they try to control the tongue by fasting. But it is said, fasting is the worst way to control the tongue. Of course, we have to fast for certain days. But let us see what happens when we fast.
So this verse is I I don't know the number is not here somewhere in the eleventh canto. By fasting, learned men quickly bring all of the senses except the tongue under control. By fasting, learned men, learned men, not not fools, eh? or oh, maybe fools, no, learned men. By fasting, learned men quickly bring all of the senses except the tongue under control. Because by abstaining from eating, such men are afflicted with an increased desire to gratify the sense of taste. See how tongue is so powerful. So the urge of the tongue is very very powerful. Tarmadhu jihvati lobhumashudurmadhu. The worst of all to control is the tongue. Therefore, tongue is where the spiritual realization also starts. There are six kinds of rasas, and if yeah, we have them. Some persons are attracted to the eating of meat, fish, crabs, eggs, and other things produced by semen and blood, and eaten in the form of dead bodies. Others are, you see, and other things produced by semen and blood. Blood, you know, they say, uh, fertilized eggs, you know, we can eat, you know, because uh, they are uh, what is that? They are not uh, producing. No, semen. It is produced from semen. It's like a, it's like an egg, you know. The egg is from the um, genitals of the, you know, bird. So it is produced from semina, or if you kill the bird, it is blood. So produced by semina is also actually blood only, concentrated blood. So therefore, eggs are also not to be taken. Whereas milk is different. Milk, although blood, but it is coming not from the semina. It's coming milk order. So that is different. That produces that's why Prabhupada said in one conversation, the blood and milk is not different. Milk is just a transformation of blood. But the intelligent man takes it in the form of milk, the rascal will take it in the form of blood. That is the difference. Hmm. And eat it in the form of dead bodies. Others are attracted by eating vegetables, creepers, spinach, or milk products, but all for the sense sort of satisfaction of the tongue's demands. So, whether vegetarian also, it is not uh, not that he is a very great saint, no. Prabhu, I am a strict vegetarian Prabhu. Yeah, not good enough. Come to prasadam, standards. Uh, then, yes, that is good. Such eating for sense gratification, including the use of extra quantities of spices like chilli and tamarind is to be given up by Krishna conscious persons. So, we can use chilli, tamarind, but not extra. Not, not you know, too spicy. Huh? Uh, by Krishna consciousness. The use of pan, haritaki, betel nuts, various spices used in pan making, tobacco, LSD, marijuana, opium, liquor, coffee and tea are indulged in to fulfill illicit demands. If we can practice accepting only remnants of food offered to Krishna, it is possible to get free from Maya's victimization. Vegetables, grains, fruits, milk products and water are proper foods to offer to the Lord as Lord Krishna himself prescribes. However, if one accepts prasad only because of its palatable taste and thus eats too much, he also falls prey to trying to satisfy the demands of the tongue. See, this is quite difficult to follow, right? If one accepts prasad only because of its palatable taste and thus eats too much, he also falls prey to trying to satisfy the demands of the tongue. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us to avoid very palatable dishes even while eating prasad. Where did he say that?
जी ग्राम्य कथा ना सुनिवे ग्राम्य कथा ग्राम्य वार्ता ना कहिवे भालना खाइबे और भालना पड़िवे Do not talk like people in general or hear what they say. So this is the urge to speak. And you should not eat very palatable food, nor should you dress very nicely. So this is instruction by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. So eating very palatable, even in prasadam also. Hmm. If we offer palatable dishes to the deity with the intention of eating such nice food, we are involved in trying to satisfy the demands of the tongue. If we accept, you see, offer palatable dishes to the deity with the intention of eating such nice food. Oh, let me, oh, Prabhu, I am making this for Krishna, you know. I am making this tasty thing for Krishna. Yeah, are you interested in Krishna or are you eating that, uh, or want you, don't want you to eat that tasty food? So, the intention counts. Hmm. So, we have to offer to Krishna what Krishna wants, what will make Krishna happy, not what makes us happy. So, that way. If we accept, in, accept the invitation of a rich man with the idea of receiving palatable food, we are also trying to satisfy the demands of the tongue. In Chaitanya Charitamrita Antilila, chapter 6, text 227, it is stated, Krishnanahi Pai. It's a very nice verse. Very nice. I like this verse. Actually, I remembered it before, but I forgot it again. Jihvar lalase jai iti uti dhai shishnodara parayana krishna nahi pai. Beautiful verse. That person who runs here and there seeking to gratify his palate and who is always attached to the desires of his stomach and genitals is unable to attain Krishna. Wow. The person who, that person who runs here and there seeking to gratify his palate and who is always attached to the desires of his stomach and genitals is unable to attain Krishna. Jehvar lalase jai iti uti dhai shishnodara parayana krishna nahi pai. Good. As stated before, the tongue, belly and genitals are all situated in a straight line and they fall in the same category. Lord Chaitanya has said bhalana khaibe or bhalana poribe. Do not dress luxuriously and do not eat delicious foodstuffs. Hmm. Those who suffer from diseases of the stomach must, un- must be unable to control the urges of the belly, at least according to the- this analysis. When we desire to eat more than necessary, we automatically create many inconveniences in life. However, if we observe fasting days like Ekadashi and Janmashtami, we can restrain the demands of the belly. As far as the urges of the genitals are concerned, there are two proper and improper or legal and illicit sex. When a man is properly mature, he can match, uh, marry according to the rules and regulations of the Shastras and use his genitals for begetting nice children. That is legal and religious. Otherwise, he may adopt many artificial means to satisfy the demands of the genitals and he may not use any restraint. When one indulges in illicit sex life as defined by the Shastras either by thinking, planning, talking about or actually having sexual intercourse, See, this is illicit sex. Not just having it, but by thinking, planning, talking about or actually having sexual intercourse or by satisfying the genitals by artificial means, using, you know, condoms and all these things or by any 
I think there are some devices also they use. They got uh, all kinds of things, you know. So he is caught in the clutches of Maya. These instructions they apply not only to householders but only uh, but also to tyagis or those who are in the renounced order of life. In his book Prema Vivarta, chapter seven, Sri Jagadananda Pandit says. So before we go, uh, I want to take out that verse. This great sage Yagyamalkya said in the rules of celibacy written by the great sage Yagyamalkya Karmana Manasa Vacha Sarvavastha Sukh Sarvada Sarvatra Maithunatyago Brahmacharyam Prachakshate. The vow of Brahmacharya is meant to help one completely abstain from sex indulgence in work, words, and mind at all times, under all circumstances, and in all places. So, going back, so these satisfi- satisfaction of the genitals, this is also meant for not only the householders but also to tyagis, because they also can fall for this or those who are in the renounced order of life. In his book Premivartha chapter 7, Sri Jagadananda Pandit says, Vairagi bhai gramya katha na shunibe kane, gramya vartha na kohibe jabe milibe ane, swapane ona karo bhai stri sambhashan, so this is very nice. If you if you can understand Bengali, you can understand all this just by the Bengali words. Anyway, we will read the translation. My dear brother, you are in the renounced order of life and should not listen to talk about ordinary worldly things, nor should you talk about worldly things when you meet with others. Do not think of women even in dreams. You have accepted the renounced order of life with a vow that forbids you to associate with women. If you wish to associate with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you must always remember the incident of Chota Haridas and how he was rejected by the Lord. Chota Haridas was rejected by the Lord and never accepted again because he just lustfully looked at a woman being a sannyasi, not very lustly, just like looked and just appreciated her beauty a little bit in the heart and then he went off and he did not have a word with that woman but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu detected that and completely and until the Chota Haridas went and committed suicide and when devotees told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he had actually committed suicide you know yeah that's very good, good so even then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was not moved that much he taught by personal example, how strict sannyas has to be. Do not eat luxurious dishes or dress in fine garments, but always remain humble and serve their lordships, Sri Sri Radha Krishna, in your heart of hearts. The conclusion is that one who can control these six items, speech, mind, anger, tongue, belly and genitals, is to be called a Swami or Goswami. Swami means master and Goswami means master of the Go or senses. Go means senses in Sanskrit. When one accepts the renounced order of life, he automatically assumes the title of Swami. This does not mean that he is the master of his family, community or society, but must be the master of his senses. 
Hmm. Unless one is master of his senses, he should not be called Goswami, but Godas, servant of the senses. Following in the footsteps of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, all Swamis and Goswamis should fully engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. As opposed to this, the Godasas engaged in the service of the senses or in the service of the material world. They have no other engagement. Prahlad Maharaj has further described the Godas as Adantago, which refers to those who can, whose senses are not controlled. And an Adantago cannot become a servant of Krishna. In Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 7, Chapter 5, Verse 30, Prahlad Maharaj has said, Matirna Krishna Paratasvato Va Mitho Bipadhyeta Mitho Bipadhyeta Grahavratanam Adanta Gobhir Vishatam Tamisram Punah Punascher Vitacharvananam. For those who have decided to continue their existence in this material world for the gratification of their senses, there is no chance of becoming Krishna conscious, not by personal endeavor, by the instruction from others, or by joint conferences. They are dragged by the unbridled senses unbridled senses into the darkest region of ignorance and thus they madly engage in what they call what is called chewing the chewed. So this is the purport of this whole verse. So in other words, one cannot become a guru, a bona fide spiritual master, if he has not controlled all these senses. So that defeats completely the Iskon's position. Iskon in Iskon they say, oh they are all gurus now, you know, we have so many gurus None of them are, you know, in this position. So many have visibly fallen down. I mean, recorded, fallen down with homosexual activity or sexual activity or whatever it is. And <clears throat> some are subtly fallen down, which they don't even consider it as a fall down. They speak mayavad. They have, the, the urge to speak has gone. And some of them are giving motivational speeches. Huh? Urge to speak has gone. So many things are going on and they disobey the order of the spiritual master. We have seen that to control the mind, we have to follow the order of the spiritual master and do it with great care. And Prabhupada said, there is no guru that is coming. Everybody is going to be my disciple. Clearly, he has written it. But unfortunately, they have disobeyed that. So, when we disobey the spiritual master, then this is what happens. So, I'll just read the English. This is Canto 10, Chapters 87, um, Text 33, 10.87.33. The mind is like an impetuous horse that even persons who have regulated their senses and breath cannot control. Those in this world who try to tame, their un- tame the uncontrolled mind, but, but who abandon the feet of their spiritual master, encounter hundreds of obstacles in the cultivation of various distressful practices. You see, those in this world who try to tame the uncontrolled mind, but who abandon the feet of their spiritual master encounter hundreds of obstacles in the cultivation of various distressful practices. O unborn Lord, they are like merchants on a boat in the ocean who have failed to employ a helmsman or a captain. So, this is the point. So, a person must be completely dhira, completely free from the urges of all this. Then only he can become a bona fide spiritual master. Now, that is only reserved for the first class devotee. 
for the first bhagavat uttama there is no plans of sex life in his life in his in his uh, there is a nice verse i think 11250 you see This is Kanto 11, Chapter 2, Text 50. Nakama karma bijanam yasya chetasi sambhavaha vasudevaika nilayaha savai bhagavatottamaha. One who has taken exclusive shelter of the Supreme Lord Vasudev becomes free from the fruitive activities which are based on material lust. In fact, one who has taken shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord is freed from even the desire to enjoy material sense gratification. Plans for enjoying sex life, social prestige and money cannot develop within his mind. Thus, he is considered Bhagavatottama, a pure devotee of the Lord on the highest platform. So, a person who is in this platform only can become a spiritual master. So, when they are not there, how can they become a spiritual master there are three types of devotees three classes so a spiritual master must come from the highest from the bhagavata uttama first class platform otherwise you can't be just period you can't be a bona fide spiritual master that is shri prabhupada's definition of spiritual master and rupa goswami's definition of spiritual master so this is the qualification of spiritual master and also on what we have we have to control in our spiritual life all the vegas the ur- the urges so also remember this verse vacho vegam manasah krodha vegam jihva vegam udaro pastha vegam etan vegan yo vishahet adhirah sarvam apimam prithivim sasishyat please try to remember this verse so tomorrow we will go to the second verse now tomorrow i think uh, sunugopal prabhu will be giving a class on bhagavad gita or it can be a question and answer so yeah so if you are watching this let me see how many of you are watching 36 so uh, tomorrow uh not sure if it is morning or evening that he is speaking so it will be a question and answer session he he prefers it that way just ask anything and he will answer so mm, you can prepare your questions anything that you want to ask whatever it is ask and then he will give the answers so tomorrow he will be speaking if he is speaking in the morning then we can continue with the second verse but if he is speaking in the evening actually i am not sure i'll i'll confirm it tomorrow if it is in the morning it will be 8 mm, about 8 am maybe in the morning but if it's in the evening it will be about 7:30 pm so stay tuned if it is tomorrow morning then i will put i will put a scheduled class um in the night itself probably should i yeah that's the only way or early in the morning tomorrow and you can come and join that and if it's in the evening then we will also put a schedule class and as as usual every time so now we will look at any questions that are there if there are any
yeah so yeah so this verse we have already found uh, so there is one question hmm. so is brahmacharya uh, does brahmacharya increase the concentration power confidence and courage is it right that if a man doesn't lose uh, his semen so he is, it will go upward to the brain and nourish the brain and the brain will improve so yes so that is correct so it's called urdhvareta i think there is a verse like that so urdhvareta means semen goes upward and the brain and then he becomes very very sharp in memory just like bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur whatever he read he will remember just when he when he reads that's it the book is in his memory uh see urdhvareta without discharge of semen and this is what purasas the atma vidyayam so i don't know what verse number is this because uh, the software is uh. so anyway here we can see the word urdhvareta saha is in this verse is very significant urdhvareta refers to one who can control sex life and who instead of wasting semen by discharging it can use this most oh krishna can use this most important substance accumulated in the body to enrich the brain one who can completely control sex life is able to work wonderfully with his brain especially in remembering thus students who only hear vedic instructions once from their teacher who could remember them verbatim without needing to read books which therefore did not exist in former times so they are called shrut shrutadhara once they hear they will remember forever so that is possible with brahmacharya practice so no more questions anything more Okay, Prithviraj Prabhu has come with the statistics. 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute and Facebook, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Snapchat, top downloaded apps. Statistics. <laughs> so that much of Prajalpa is going on. So actually, there are very nice verses. I mean, Vishwamitra Prabhu also shared some nice verses. Three fifteen twenty three. He shared three fifteen twenty three. Of course, there are also nice verses from the Mukundamala Stotra. We'll just go through three fifteen twenty three.
it is very much regrettable that unfortunate people do not discuss the description of the vaikuntha planets but engage in topics which are unworthy to hear and which bewilder one's intelligence those who give up the talk of vaikuntha and take to the talk of mundane of the material world are thrown into the darkest region of ignorance so thank you very much it's already very late so we'll meet again tomorrow either with prabhu's class or ours if it is in the morning then we will continue this in the evening again so thank you very much shri rupa goswami ki jai shri upadesh amrita ki jai shri prabhu pad ki jai shri chaitanya mahaprabhu ki jai nitai gaur premanande hari hari bol